It's the first weekend of June, and in several states, that means it's free fishing weekend and a perfect opportunity to introduce somebody new to fishing. It also means the lakes and rivers are going to be crowded. So we're going to talk about both those topics on this episode of Fishful Thinker, the podcast. I'm Chad Lachance, and you're listening to Fishful Thinker, the podcast. All things fishful, all the time. Hey guys, Chad Lachance here. I appreciate you tuning in once again to this episode of Fishful Thinker, the podcast. Of course, brought to you as always by the fine folks at Sportsman's Warehouse. Visit them at sportsmans.com or one of 136 stores nationwide, including some new ones down in my home state of Florida. Guys, it's June. It's finally June. June's one of my favorite two months out of the year. I like June and I like October. Those are my two favorite months, and that's just a personal thing. But one reason I like June so much, guys, is the weather's finally getting a little bit more stable, and the fish are on the chow. That's something you can count on. In June, all over the western United States, the fish are, you know, all these things being equal are going to be eating very, very well, and that makes for some happy time. Also, a lot of our spawning cycles have gone and come and gone, and so the fish are acting a little bit more normal, and they're starting to head into that summer peak feed, and it's a good time. But it also means that the lakes are getting busy, not just with the anglers looking to take advantage of all that, but also... The paddleboarders and kayakers are out. The pleasure boaters are out. The the guys that are anglers, but only every now and then are out. Uh, it's busy time at the lake. And then on top of that, several states have free fishing weekend. And I'm all for that, just for the record. One of the biggest threats to fishing as a sport and really to the outdoor, traditional outdoor enthusiasts, you know, the hunters and fishermen out there, uh, one of the biggest threats is recruitment. They say there's two two biggest things that are that are really hurting, uh, you know, the long term growth of hunting and fishing. And one of those is access. Access is continuously being limited more and more and more these days. Whether it be through ANS inspections for boats or closed off access points or closed public lands or whatever the case might be, they're not very often opening new bodies of water, but they're commonly closing either timing or things like that. Uh, those things are frustrating, access being the number one threat to hunting and fishing. The number two threat being uh, recruitment. We need young angler recruitment, and that's really the premise behind the free fishing day or weekend, I should say, that Colorado, which is my home state, does as well as several others. And it's an opportunity to get new folks out there, and that's what I love about it so much. No, I don't love the extra people at the lake. I understand it. In a perfect world, we would all have our own lake, but the world ain't perfect. I don't like the lake any busier than anybody else, but at the end of the day, I like my sport. I love my occupation. I believe in the outdoors as a way to rejuvenate the soul and be a good human in general. Uh, is to learn from the outdoors, not to be out there and abuse them, but to learn from them. And this is a great chance. So Free Fishing Weekend is made just for that. So that it removes one of the barriers to entry, and that is the requirement of a fishing license. Now, some folks are going to think right away and go, well, geez, kids under certain ages at various states, uh, 15, 16, depends on the state, don't have to have a fishing license, so it doesn't change anything. And you're correct. doesn't change anything with those kids. They can go fish whenever they want. But what it does change is it allows the adults to go and fish with them. And that's one of the most important aspects of the whole scenario because whether you like it or not, let's say you don't have a fishing license. And let's say you're me. 
Let's back up a second. Say you're me. I was an only child of a single mom. Uh, my mom didn't fish. When I was a very little kid, she would take me to the inlet in Jupiter, Florida, and take me, let me fish. But keep in mind, you typically need some help in that scenario as a little kid. You need somebody that can cast or whatever. Well, if you do that, you're involved in the act of fishing. So, And I have several friends in Colorado that have uh, received either tickets or warnings about helping kids fish when they are not licensed. And so if you pick up a fishing rod, whether it be yours or a kid's or anybody else's, and you throw it in the water, uh, cast it in the water, you are deemed to be fishing. And if a park ranger or a game warden or a district wildlife manager sees you do that, you are guilty of the act of fishing and you need a license. So for this weekend, you can go and you can help. And that's really important. Now, if you've listened to my podcast very much, you know, one of the first things I recommend when you're taking a kid fishing is that you don't fish. But that doesn't mean that you don't help them fish, which may be demonstrating casting, helping them physically cast, maybe help them land fish, things like that, which all of which kind of by the letter of law means you're fishing. So you got to be careful with that. The other thing that's good about free fishing weekend is it's not all about the kids because as I already said, they get to get to fish for free. But what if you got a neighbor that's always asking for some of your crappie fillets or you've got a coworker that's mildly humored by the fact that you're fishing all the time and they don't get it. Why are you so gung-ho on Tuesday that you're going to get to go fishing on Saturday? Well, because it's a passion. And if you want to share that passion with other people, this is the weekend to do it. So more on this podcast, what I'm more interested in getting you to do, if there's going to be a call to action, it's not take your kids out there. I beat that drum all the time. Your kids, you can take your kids out any weekend. And if you're listening to this podcast, you already have a fishing license. I almost guarantee it. So this weekend isn't super relevant to you in that realm. But if you've got a neighbor, a coworker, a friend, that's the person I want you to take fishing. I want you to take another, you know, over teenage adult that needs a fishing license to do it. This is the weekend to take them out and, and let them experience what it's all about. Even if they don't do much more than observe the outdoors and the wildlife and the fishing and, and see what it is you are all about. And if you can get them to catch some fish too, all the better. So My one thing that I ask of you for this weekend is take an adult out there and introduce them to our sport. And the same thing I would tell you for teaching kids, and I have taught hundreds of kids to fish. I have coached all the way up to the high school level and won the high school national championship as a coach. I've taught a lot of kids to fish. Um, I used to host an event called Fish Fest where we'd get 100 kids uh, out in the lake and teach them to fish. I've worked with Trace Tomkey at Tomkey Fish Farms and, and all of his uh, kids' fishing days and taught lots of kids to fish there. Uh, in general, I've taught a lot of kids to fish. Adults are the same basic premise, as much as I hate to say it. You have to start with day, day one, simple stuff. You can't assume because they're an adult that they're going to understand any aspect of what you are doing in terms of, of fishing. So you got to start with maybe basic stuff like the food chain, like big fish eat little fish, or why are we fishing here? Well, because the herons here, and the herons eat little fish, and big fish eat those, and okay, and that's why we're fishing here, or whatever the scenario is, but take an adult and teach them. Don't just take them and show them this is what I do, or brag about what you do. Try to get them to understand the big picture of why you fish. 
And maybe even if you're a guy that releases most of your fish, maybe you take one or two home and eat them with your neighbor or your adult friend, whoever you take over, and take the whole thing full circle so that they see why the whole food chain is part of it for the human involved as well. Uh, or maybe it's not. Maybe it's just sport fishing. And you show them how gentle and careful you are with keeping fish in the water and how, look, I can do this and not hurt fish. 99% of the time, my fish swim away just fine. You know, and maybe it's that aspect. Maybe it's just the being out there. Maybe it's the drive through the mountains and getting out there in the, in the, in the wilderness with a trout stream somewhere that you want to show them. Who knows? I don't know exactly. Whatever it is that, that, that trips your trigger, floats your boat as an angler, share that with uh, some adult that you know that might have just enough interest to tag along with you and see what it's all about. Along the same lines as, as I would say with kids, uh, keep it very simple in the tackle and things you do. Don't go out there and try to impress uh, your neighbor Johnny, who's never been fishing, with your 100-yard fly cast and your box with 10,000 midges in it, or your open the rod locker in your bass boat and show him your $1,000 bait casting combo and knowing full well he has no chance of being successful with it. So Keep it simple at the most basic. Dial your own fishing back to as simple as you can get it and take them fishing that way. Now, that does not mean that I'm advocating take them out and dunk a worm under a bobber because I'll be honest with you, I love to fish. I love to fish as much as anybody you know. But I never, even when I was a kid, had the patience for sitting and waiting for a bobber to go down. So I'm an advocate of whether you're teaching kids or adults this weekend it is the first weekend in June. I can pretty much guarantee you there's fish high in the water column and that will feed up. So if you're taking them to a bass place of any sort, take them topwater fishing because they'll be able to see what your lure's doing, what the fish do, the whole nine yards. I'm a huge advocate of topwater fishing for teaching kids or adults to fish. So take them to a bass pond somewhere and see if you can get a bite or two on a topwater bait because then the whole scenario comes full circle. They can see it. They can they can get see the excitement in you when it goes on. It's a really fun way to go about it. Again, don't hand them something technical. Don't take them some something crazy. If let's say you're trout fishing, well, give them something they can throw and wind and that doesn't sink. And the reason that it doesn't sink is important is because their ability to go from a closed bale to a retrieve isn't going to be very good. So if you take somebody trout fishing in a river and he throws an inline spinner across the river and doesn't get the bale closed and get everything dealt with just right, well, now that inline spinner's hung before he even gets it, you know, get going. It's already snagged in the rocks. But if you throw something like a little Berkeley hit sticker or floating Rapala, well, now it's just going to sit on the surface of the water until he does something with it or she does something with it, as the case might be. So a floating bait of some sort that can be retrieved and then floats when it is not retrieved is my first choice for teaching kids or adults to fish. And like I said, something like that old school floating Rapala or, or a modern Berkeley hit stick, which is a better version thereof, perfect choice. Topwater bait, perfect choice. Um, crankbait of some sort, a little square bill that isn't going to hang and that dives when you retrieve it and it floats up when you stop. Again, multi-species bait, perfect choice. Very easy for introducing kids to fish and oh by, or adults I should say, and oh by the way, it's June and it's a safe bet that all or some of those will get bit for just about any species you want to throw. 
Another thing I'll throw out there is don't take somebody hardcore walleye fishing or anything technical. A, a, a guy's first day trying to hook somebody on fishing, don't take them jigging for lake trout in 90 feet of water. Don't take them walleye fishing where there's you know 50 nuances that have to line up to get this walleye to bite. That's not a good scenario. If you've got a wide open walleye bite somewhere, fantastic. But if you know in your heart you're going to have to work for them, take them bass fishing, take them bluegill fishing, take them crappie fishing, anything easy. Uh, if you get to the lake, fish for what's biting. Uh, wait for good conditions. Uh, also, on uh, you know, if the if the bite's going to be good in the afternoon, don't drag them out at three o'clock in the morning. If you know you're going to have storms in the afternoon, get out there early and beat the storms. Because until somebody has a big love of fishing. They're not going to endure early mornings. They're not going to endure freezing cold. They're not going to endure crazy storms and being out in it. They don't want to be out in a boat in 20-mile-an-hour winds unless they're crazy hooked on fishing like you and I are. And so keep those things in mind. But this weekend is the time to do it. Now, the one caveat I'll throw out there about this weekend is the lakes are going to be busy. And the way I would approach that with people is exactly with the explanation like we're going here. Look, it's free fishing weekend. Some days it's busy, some days it's not. It is going to be busy this weekend wherever you fish. I can pretty much guarantee you that. The question is going to be how well do you sell that craziness to the people that you take out fishing. Some people won't care. If you're from a city situation, you live in downtown somewhere, you're used to having people around, it's one thing. If you live rural like I do, having a bunch of people around is not necessarily so good. So address that situation with whoever it is you take. Uh, and do your best to convince them. And this is this is my segue into the second half of this podcast, which is going to be something completely different. Do your best to convince them that all of those people are not going to bother the fish nearly as much as you think. And one of the biggest misconceptions I get, and I get this all the time on guide trips. I run a guided fishing business. I take people out fishing. People don't understand why I fish boat ramps so much. The reason I fish boat ramps so much is because they're the busiest place on the lake. And that's counterintuitive, but it's also intuitive if you think about it the other way around. There's always boat traffic there. They're used to having boats around. That boat traffic stirs the bottom up. Uh, that boat traffic, once it stirs the bottom up, then gets the food chain in action because, you know, it's now, you know, stirred up the phytoplankton, which is now being eaten by the zooplankton, which is now being eaten by the various invertebrates and up through the food chain we go. Boat ramps are great places uh, to fish and I like them when they're busy. And to extrapolate farther on that, when the lake is really busy, you don't have to be sneaky with your presentations. You don't have to be sneaky with your trolling motor. You don't have to... Um, deal with being quiet in general. I mean, just overall, the busier the lake is, the more almost reckless you can be in your angling in terms of getting bites. That's not to say it's the best time to catch the biggest fish or anything like that, but I don't, I suspect most guys going out on June 3rd and 4th for free fishing weekend are just looking to catch some fish. And if you are looking to catch really big fish, I'm going to suggest fishing very early, very late, um, or just bringing all your tools, assuming you're not going to take a, a neighbor or somebody that doesn't fish. If you're just going out on your own, 
and you're going to fish, understand that you may have to fish really hard in the crowd to catch big fish. But to catch fish, it will not be difficult. In some ways, it's easier. And the days that are hard to catch fish, a lot of times, are when there's nobody in the lake and there's no wind blowing. But when the lake's got ski boats going everywhere and, and, and partiers everywhere, it's really going to just fire the food chain up. It's going to make a bunch of fish suspend in an open water column. And they're just not that hard to catch as, as much as people like to think they are. It really affects the angler more than it affects uh, the fish. So keep those things in mind. One thing I will say as an angler that you need to be careful of on busy days, you have to realize that a lot of the people that aren't fishermen aren't going to recognize your trolling pattern or aren't going to know that you're supposed to say, say in Colorado, 100 feet from an anchored boat or whatever the case might be. A lot you're gonna have people that don't understand the rules of the road that aren't gonna understand which vessel is the overtaking vessel and which one is the vessel being overtaken and who has the right of way. All of those things that that you might know as an angler are gonna go right out the window on amateur weekend at the lake, which is for sure what this weekend is. So you need to be a little bit more conscientious than you would otherwise be. Uh, you need to understand there's a bunch of noobs running around the lake as well, and they may be second nature to you, but it won't be for them. And then you need to understand that the fish are still going to bite. You just might have to change your thing, your presentations up a little bit. So let's say on Friday morning when there's nobody at the lake, I've got a bunch of smallmouth pinned right to a good, strong piece of structure. Okay, good. I can catch them. But then that same structure is getting wave battered on Saturday morning because there's ski boats going all around it and it's getting wave battered. Those same smallmouth aren't going to go necessarily anywhere. They're just going to release from that structure and suspend around it. So it'll change up how I fish them, but not necessarily where I fish them. So, you know, those are the kinds of things you have to be cognizant of. I've had some of my best days. One of my best days ever, in fact, was sitting right at the mouth of the busiest place on the lake where all of the pleasure boaters have to come out and they hit the no-wake zone. They get to the end of the no-wake zone and they throttle up and leave. And every time they do that, they scatter shad and bait fish everywhere. Shad, in this case, was the case. And I could throw a, a flutter spoon in there and catch fish. Every time a boat left, I'd throw right in their prop wash and catch fish. It's a great example of the busier the lake, the easier it was. All those bass and walleyes and trout that were feeding nearly to the surface in 100 feet of water were taking advantage of all the boat traffic. And the more boat traffic there is, the more those bait fish are chaotic. And the more chaotic those bait fish are, the more susceptible they are to being preyed on, which is not lost amongst all the predators in the system. We've all seen on our graphs a ball of shad, and they're all balled up real tight, and that's their defensive mechanism, and that's what they do, because then they're all trying to be the one that doesn't get eaten. But when you take a 300-horsepower boat and you run through them with a hammer down on the throttle as you take off to leave or you're pulling out of a boat ramp, well, you're going to stir that whole school up crazy, and that's going to allow the bait fish to be easily preyed upon. So. Don't let that bother you. Swim beaches, same thing. Uh, swim beaches are a classic one. The swim beach is crazy. There's kids everywhere. Typically, a lot of buoys that tell you not to fish right around, fish in the swim beach itself. But fishing right around the swim beach can be excellent. Staying legal, of course, but that can be excellent because predatory fish, especially things like wipers, bass, and trout, will swim in and amongst those 
people because they're stirring the bottom up so much. And the more the bottom gets stirred up, the more nutrients are released and the more the food chain goes crazy. So that's going to happen this weekend as well when the swim beaches are all crazy. Uh, so you can fish around those can be a key thing. And marinas in general, if it's legal to fish marinas. Uh, my home lake, it is not legal to fish the marina. We don't get to do it. But in lots of places around the country, when the marina's hopping, that's the time to fish the marina again because you don't have to be sneaky. There's lots of activity. The fish are used to it. It happens all day long. Uh, for one, for two, there's stuff being thrown in the water in a lot of cases. Food's going overboard. You know, you drop one piece of bread overboard, there's going to be a whole school of bluegills that are going to start working on that bread. And we've already talked about what happens when the prey fish, predator fish, uh, find that school of blue, you know, bluegills. So it doesn't take much. And I've seen that in my home lake a whole bunch. You can start a feeding, feeding frenzy in just a few minutes by throwing little chunks of sandwich bread overboard because, you know, the, the sandwich you brought had too much bread on it. So, those kinds of things you can take advantage of as an angler, the busier the lake is, whether it be this weekend or any other weekend, the busier it gets, the more I will look at things like that as key ways for me to go about catching my fish. So uh, that's a, something that I've got in my mind. Again, the days that it's dead calm and there's no wind and there's nobody at the lake, those are more often than not the more difficult lakes or the days, I should say, than the days when there's ski boats everywhere, pontoon boats everywhere, uh, traffic everywhere. They're rolling waves down the bank. Uh, you know, the big thing there becomes, in your case, boat control. Uh, boat control is more of an issue in that scenario. But the flip side is the fish typically will release from the structure and pull away from the bank ever so slightly. I mean, like 10 feet, 15 feet, just to keep them from getting sloshed into stuff. And therefore, they're a little easier for me to make, make presentations on. By all means, if you have some sort of an active target or a live sonar, forward-facing sonar of some sort, this would be the weekend to, to play with it a bunch because you're going to have some suspended fish. It's going to be very easy to find them. And the busier the area of the lake is, that's going to be the place you want to go look for them. So one other thing I want to throw out there, uh, besides get a, an adult out fishing this weekend, please, please, please do that. Uh, please do that and share your catch with them, share your knowledge with them, share your passion with them, show them the big picture. Don't panic yourself in the crowd. That's going to be a thing. It's going to be a crowd. Don't panic if you're out there. Enjoy it. Understand that you'll have quiet days in the future. Right now, it's a crowd and enjoy the lake time with everybody and, and, the, and the kickoff of summer. Lastly, the last thing I want to throw out there is um, if you have an opportunity to volunteer at some fishing event, a fishing education thing, a kid's fishing derby, uh, a cast, catch a special thrill, which is something you can look up, look up cast.org, castforkids.org, excuse me, castforkids.org. Uh, for developmentally disabled youth from 6 to 21 years old, they require volunteers for that, lots of them. I volunteer for it every year for the last 20 years. It's one of my favorite events every year. Do something like that. Get with your DNR and do a kid's fishing thing, something like that. But at some point this summer, volunteer a little bit of time along the same thread of the rest of this podcast and get more people involved. Get Expand their passion. I, As I already said, was an only child of a single mom. Nobody in my family fished, so it was up to me to figure it out. I think that's part of the reason that I have a tendency to want to pay it forward with kids and coach high schoolers and all of that is because... I didn't have anybody to teach me when I was younger. And that's back to the access thing as well. They need somebody to teach them. So however that is, over the course of this summer, spend a little bit of time, take somebody new, 
introduce somebody new or volunteer your time for other organizations that are already doing that so that you can help that organization succeed at what they're doing. And again, here in Colorado, CPW does stuff. Tomkey Fish Farms does stuff. Cast does stuff. Uh, the Fort Carson take a kids fishing day out there for uh, deployed parents uh, taking their kids fishing for a day, anything like that. Just get out there, volunteer a little bit of your time. And again, it goes back to sharing your passion. Fishful Thinker, one of the mantras or cornerstones of everything we do at Fishful Thinker is the sharing amongst peers. And that is something that I really feel passionate about. And I do believe is about the most rewarding thing you can do. Tomorrow morning, first thing in the morning, I'll be at the cast event here at my home lake. Uh, By the end of the day, you will have laughed a lot. And uh, it's not about you catching fish. It's about seeing the faces of everybody else and watching the light go on in their head when they realize the simple pleasures of catching a fish. So any rate, with that, guys, I'm going to chop this podcast a little bit short because I have to go prep the boat for exactly the event we're talking about in the morning. So I'm going to call this one a little bit short here, a few minutes short. But if you're enjoying our podcast, wherever you're listening to them, please, please subscribe, share them with your friends. It's a labor of love. We are not getting rich on this podcast. In fact, we don't even monetize it. So it's a matter of us wanting to share information along the same threads of the topic of this very podcast. If you want to join the conversation on social media, that would be at Fishful Thinker on Facebook or Instagram. And also, please subscribe to our YouTube channel. We're up to, I think, 610 videos on there now. Um, pushing 2 million views. It's all education-based. We'd love you have you check that out as well. So we appreciate you tuning in. This has been Fishful Thinker, the podcast. <laughs>